Hey guys, Dizlife Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. What are you waiting for? Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Greetings, program. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Nice work, pal. Well, we have one of those new talking machines. Now that is something. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diz Live Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Diz Live Podcast. Join us weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget, smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Just a reminder to head over to chipandco.com for the latest and the most uplifting headlines from across the Disney parks from around the world. If you want to support the show, buy us a cup of coffee on our new patron portal, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Podcast. The donation helps keep the show going strong here as we create special content for our supporters, including behind the scenes content and much, much more. Before we get into today's topics, first takes and more, let's welcome in once again, the dude, the one, the only, the Blue Yeti, whoever, <laughs> Craig, the Disney fanatic. Greg, ahoy, hoy, Mark Valentine. We're we're winging it, <laughs> and Dislike Podcast. Hey, let's go listen to some Dislike Podcast mm. <laughs> on my social media. Hey, man, happy Sunday. How are you doing? How was the weekend? Uh, amazing. I am. Uh, I am. I'm being Mr. Chip Confort uh, this weekend while he is on a cruise. So it is a lot of just uh, babysitting a website that runs itself. Uh, and actually, he's still doing everything while he's on the cruise. So uh, it's a stressful but okay weekend. I I just I found out that there's new plans in the works for us. We have. So I'm yeah super excited. So we have big plans in the works. But for, first things first, congratulations on running the the ship. You didn't run it into an iceberg. Uh, so we survived the weekend with you at the helm. Nice job for that. Uh, but yeah, man, let, let's let's talk about this. So I turned 44 in approximately two weeks. And uh, you and my wife and your wife surprised me a little bit this morning here on Sunday by letting me know you guys are going to be joining me here in the greater New York area 
Uh, we're going to go into the city, celebrate my birthday, and we will be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. You don't have to watch it on Disney Plus anymore, man, because what are you going to go see? Uh, what, what we are going to go see. We are coming up there. We're going to fly up to uh, New York City, and we are going to join you for the celebration of 44 years on this earth, and I couldn't think of a better person to do with. This 100% credit is all due to Linda, Linda. and Holly. Yeah. Those two, and Linda over the top, she ended up surprising everybody by going, we are going to go see Hamilton does that in make the them, city on Broadway. Yeah, does that make them like the Skylar sisters? Where? They are. Where's... Peggy. It's like, it's Nihinda <laughs> and Holly <laughs> and Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rory. Why does she get the Peggy? I don't know. She get, yeah, she's she's Peggy in this situation. So, yeah, that's yeah man, right. we are going to have a good time. I am so excited that you guys are going to be flying up to celebrate my birthday. And uh, I only we only talk about going into the city and going to Broadway all the time. So I'm glad that you guys will be able to do that. And that we will uh, we'll be able to hit the town together. Real bagels, real pizza, real oh, subs. That's, I am so looking forward to real pizza. But I also need to ask, I need to find a good Italian bakery to find a birthday cake that only Italian bakers can make. Well, we have we have a personal baker. Ah, so, yeah, we have oh. a per- we have a person. There, we got a guy. Yeah. It's actually not a guy. It's a it's a woman. And uh, she is extraordinary so we are going to take advantage of her services for my birthday man so it's going to be good stuff this is going to be an amazing time i can't wait for the trip report from this one my friend it will it's be. just going to be craziness and fun it will be uh so on today's show we're not going to be talking about new york city or broadway but on today's show uh, you and i are going to have a little bit of a disney discussion slash debate session and we're going to be kicking around the controversial topic of change uh, it seems like we are reporting on change at a breakneck pace lately, whether it's Tron, Splash Mountain, dude, you name it, like things are a changing over at Disney. So you and I are going to discuss the many changes that have come to Disney and if change is inevitable, necessary, and a good thing. Uh, changing CEOs, changing directions, changing prices. It seems like everything is changing. So stay tuned today during our main attraction section of the show. We are going to be touching the third rail of Disney topics. And is essentially, man, we're going to pave paradise and put up a parking lot because we're talking about everything that's changing. And uh, let's just say the comments section be damned. We're going to talk about it anyway. And we just don't care. <laughs> I got nothing on that. Like, how do I want to say this? Yes, we're going to uh, be touching the third rail. That happens all the time, especially here in the Disney comments section. But we're, we're going to try and do this respectful. No, we're not. Let's all just do it. All right. But before we get into the main attraction for the day, man, let's start the week out with a segment that we call First Takes. And now it's time for Diz Life First Takes. First Takes. These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes. We here at Diz Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes. So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes. (laughs) There's There's your intro music, man. 
So yeah, so we're going to be talking about first takes. That's are we going to be using that from now on? We are. We're actually going to try to be using that. Let us know in some talkback on Instagram. Let us know what you think of our no more creepy me. No more creepy you. That's it. We are trying to get rid of creepy. You take my you take my segment last week. My question of the week. Now you're taking my first take. Yeah, we're taking. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into what we think people are going to be talking about this week when it comes to Disney news and Disney headlines over at Chip & Co. Uh, first and foremost, you penned this one this morning. Uh, I really think that this one's going to have people talking, but Whoopi Goldberg, the views, Whoopi Goldberg wants, you didn't hear this incorrectly, wants Disney to release Song of the South again. You talk about touching the third rail. She Ooh. says the film... And this is this is her quote. The film is just as relevant today as it was when the original was written and discussed. She she did talk about this earlier back in, I believe, 2017. Greg, you can confirm or deny any of this. But she said, as the host of The View, she says, I'm trying to find a way to get people to start having a conversation about bringing Song of the South back. But for reasons that are just as important, she goes on to say, so that we can talk about what it was, where it came from and why it came out. Her point of view, correct me if I'm wrong, is that she wants to have films like this available and not hidden and becoming clandestine and sort of a mythos being built around them and people talking about them in terms of like idolizing these films. She wants them out so that people can have an open dialogue and a discussion about the racial overtones and the undertones of a lot of the icons in Films like this and like Dumbo, she thinks that by hiding this, these kind of things and not having an open discussion that it actually creates a bigger problem. So there's going to be people that are going to look at this and say, see, even Whoopi Goldberg wants it. No, 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 no. Don't misconstrue the headline. She wants this kind of stuff out to have an open and an honest dialogue between everyone so that they can see what exactly they're talking about and why something like Song of the South is so touchy and polarizing. You wrote this, Greg. Any comments or concerns about this article? So I I, I already know what's going to happen is people are going to read the headline without reading the body of the article, and they're just going to comment and make comments over it without understanding what Whoopi Goldberg is trying to say. And listen, what she's trying to say is let's open this up exactly how you just described it. but. Let's put it out there. What I said exactly on uh, and company last week for my hot take was um, educated. She wants an educated conversation about how these movies were instead of Walt Disney and Disney has this problem of erasure of history. They will just put something in a vault and erase it and act like it never happened. I think she's right on this where having it out in the open for us to discuss in an educated way and not just grunting at each other is the smart way to go. There is a race topic in this country that we need to tackle and we need to have a a, a basically come to Jesus about this on every side. We should. One side doesn't need to go overboard uh, trying to express what this means, but also others of us need to learn how to shut up and just listen. We we need to have an open dialogue about this, and I think people need to understand that these films that were made in the 40s and 50s were made in an era that had some racial insensitivities, and like even the crows in Dumbo, I think people need to understand that there's some iconography associated with them that is not exactly like copesthetic. So I do agree with Whoopi on this. I do think that Disney does need to release some of this stuff and not be 
so hush hush and quiet about it because I think there needs to be an open dialogue between all people so we can correct. And I think also uh, to go along with what you're saying there, uh, the simple fact of it being out there means more people will see it to understand what they are talking about. Correct. Because a lot of people are reacting without ever having to seen it and just going, this reminds me of all the happy times and Disney knows how to make things into a happy perspective. So let's just talk about it. Let's Let's do it educatedly. I Let's agree. talk about it. I agree. All right, man. Our second headline that I think people are going to be talking about, and honestly, I think people should be talking about this one because uh, the Disney monorail was on the struggle bus, literally, <laughs> this weekend. Uh, the monorail people system, were. yeah, the monorail system went down site wide two days this weekend. Uh, the Disney World monorail system uh, was down two days in a row. It was a tough day for Disney World transportation as the Skyliner was down for refurbishment as well. Now the word the monorail is down, uh, you know, two days in a row with no word on when it would be running wholly again. Uh, The lines were down for some time. The buses were being deployed and utilized. All of the lines were down for a specific time. Magic Kingdom to the TTC, TTC to Epcot. Greg, is it time for Disney to have a really long, hard look at its transportation infrastructure? Because they're putting a lot of money into rides and reimagining beyond big thunder mountain and reimagining epcot and here we have an aging transportation system i'm looking at you monorail that's really not functioning well it goes down from time to time throughout the summer where i mean there have been passengers stranded does disney need to take a long hard look in the mirror with this thing or what No, not at all. Come on. You just said it exactly (laughs) perfectly. It goes down time to time. This thing is a, is so well built. Yes. It takes a lot of electricity. Yes. It's running on uh, wheels and yes, it's Uh, it's a brilliant technological (laughs) advancement, but how many, I I think they said it's the biggest, uh, most capacity uh, monorail in the world. It is used by more than anybody else. It is the uptime of that monorail. It just slogs through each day and each day. And so it is news when it does go down once every few months. Because when was last time you heard this go down? Greg, when it goes... No, 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 no. We're not going to trash Disney on their monorail. Have you seen the Disney 100 monorail out in Disneyland? Yeah. I cannot wait till this comes out here. No, you are not trashing my home again. It's a beautiful piece of art. it goes down it goes down hard it goes down hard um yeah man Uh, listen (laughs) they there has been talk about them maybe updating and upgrading the fleet i think that that's really what you need i mean the the rail itself and and the the line itself doesn't have problems as much as it 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 seems like the individual cars but when you have a failure of the whole line the whole system I don't know. There's got to be some. So there it is. Like the fleet was just overhauled and was cleaned up and stuff. Listen, I think you just have a hatred of the monorail for how bad it smells on a daily basis. And so you don't ride it. Stand clear of the inoperable monorail. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our final first take of the week. Uh, It looks like it is an end of an era for trails and they have reached the end of their trail uh, trails, no. No, slow, yeah, slow, yeah. Trails and restaurant is set to close for forever. Greg, uh, the restaurant is going to be closing sometime in the spring over at Fort, Fort Wilderness. Uh, there's some word that is circulating though that the longtime restaurant is about to under just go undergo a change. Funny enough, uh, but it will be closing in the spring when it reopens. A lot of people think it's going to be a quick service takeout place, like a grab and go. Uh, There's no word 
on whether P&J Southern Takeout is also going to be closed or if this change is only going to affect trails. And uh, accordingly, it looks like Hoop-de-Doo Musical Review will not change. And this is just the restaurant. Uh, there were a lot of people who this broke on Friday, but there were a lot of people that really lamented this, saying how this used to be such a wonderful location. It has fallen really far. It's fallen on hard times. It is not frequently visited. The problem with this place is it's only accessible really by ferry. And if you're going by bus or by ground transportation, it's really far in the back. You have to drive really far back there at Fort Wilderness. It's not the easiest get to. And there's a lot of people that just don't go to it. And a lot of times, even at Fort Wilderness, it's pretty far to travel to get to this spot. So something needs to go in its place. And I'm going to save this thought for later. I'm going to throw out an idea. Disney, do not turn this into a quick service. It's going to do nothing for that location. I have a better idea for you. So, Yeah, it's turning into a marketplace, but uh, I don't know what your idea is, so I don't know how much I want to say, but (laughs) there is what is going on now over there, and uh, I'll save it for when you talk about it because I don't know. I don't want to step on your toes. Uh, Well, don't step on anything (laughs) because – there's a sausage in my boot, Craig. <laughs> Easily my favorite moment from Ann Comedy last week. <laughs> There's a sausage in my boot, In Mark. my boot. All right. Well, listen, let's use that to transition us into the next segment. But, man, I'll give First you one. I, I, I was just going to say I'll give you one more shot, and you can do the creepy whisper as we segment. Our segment. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Mark's main attraction of the week. So let's talk about change. Mark's main attraction. No, that's not going to work there, man. God darn it. That just doesn't work that way. It does not. See, this is where we need the song. Mark's main attraction of the week. No, we need like um, happily ever after. Like, like right before. We just need that refrain to go. Just that. Just on loop. Just that on loop. But, dude, let's talk about change. You see this all the time on social media. We see this more than I think a lot of people do because we talk about this and we report on change. It's what we do. It's our it's our job. It's quite literally our jobs. We report daily on what things change and what comes and what goes. People have, and let's just pause for a second and talk about this philosophically. People have trouble with change. Because it brings uncertainty, it challenges people's comfort zones, it can trigger emotions like fear, anxiety, we definitely see resistance. Additionally, change can require people to adapt, learn new skills, breaking established habits and routines. When it comes to change, people fear the loss of control, status, you know, or expert level, familiarity. And a lot of people have a natural tendency to cling to the familiar and to the known. So we acknowledge all of that as kind of the root cause of why sometimes we see in the comments section as we report or discuss anything change related at Disney, that there is usually a very vitriolic response to almost any announcement of something new being brought to Disney. Very seldom, if ever, is something announced that, hey, this will be shifting operation or will be changing without at least 40 to 50% of people going off and going just ham on us. So we've seen this more 
in the past few years with the Disney cohort that we lovingly call Disney adults. So in today's main attraction, we wanted to get into and discuss our feelings, maybe roundtable, discuss this, debate this on the very changes that are coming into Disney parks across the United States and whether or not we think that this is a good thing. Now, I do want to revisit this before we get into the specific areas or avenues that we talk about this. Disney said himself that, you know, Disneyland would never be done. It would never be complete and that he would always continue to change and add to it. So there would never be a point where he would step back and say, Disneyland is done, like mission accomplished. Let's show up on the the, the aircraft carrier, fly a banner. It was never going to happen. But does there become a point, Greg, where change does kind of get in the way of what Disney is all about, which is nostalgia, memory making, looking back on experiences and classic things that you did with your parents and your grandparents? Is it not? And let's talk about this first. Is Disney not about generationally passing on the traditions and memories. So doesn't change get in the way of what Disney is inherently supposed to be, which is father, daughter, carousel, magic. Okay. So I'll tackle the first thing. All right. One, I, I don't know if I like that quote from Disney being used in this scenario anymore. Like we, we throw that into every comment section that ever comes up when it comes to change. Change happens. Yes, Disney is a nostalgic trip. You remember it when you were a child. You want your child to experience that same exact feeling you had. First off, that's not you. That is your child who's going to grow up and think and feel and act for themselves. Disney, though is a feeling, is a place for us to go to enjoy ourselves. Technology and times change. We can't rely on everything in the past. You have to update these rides to the now. You have to think about the future. We want Disney to be around for the next generation and the following generation and hopefully following that. Disney Disney World's only 50 years old and look at how much change happens on a daily basis or a yearly basis over there. We get new rides. We get new experiences. We're going to talk about rides in this in a second, but look at if we didn't let change happen or if we fought every single change that ever happened, we would be stuck in the 70s and 80s at Epcot. And there would be no Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. There would be no Space 220. Like these are things that have to come to the park. You have to keep advancing. You have to keep moving forward. Or generations to follow are going to be bored and go, I'm not going to grandpa's park anymore. And I understand all that, but let's, so, okay, so let's start with rides and let's jump. I know that we weren't going to talk about rides, so maybe later on in this debate discussion, but let's start with that because I think that's always what it's about. And let's, let's just start with this. I mean, refurbish your overlay. This is the thing that people are going, you know, this is the thing that people are going a little bit not so over right now. Splash Mountain is not the first ride to be refurbished or rethemed. Great movie ride, just went through it. Maelstrom Forever, just to name a few. Obviously, we talked about Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's now Winnie the Pooh. You know, Princess Storybook Hall used to be Snow White Scary Adventures. But there are Disney traditionalists out there that lose their minds when a ride goes away. And I have to say that there are there are merits to their line of thinking. How many acres are there, Greg, at Walt Disney World? Just, I mean, ballpark. Mm-hmm. 
the 44,000 many a many? lot so more than one this this is going to be sort of in that camp and this is why i do understand what people are saying if there's a ride that's problematic or a theme that's problematic i agree with you like we're not going to i don't want to tackle that and get into oh, please don't yeah <laughs> i don't want to get into I'm that over that <clears throat> i don't want to get into that but take a ride like let me use something that's maybe that doesn't have a lot of poison injected into it. And it's not like basically causing a culture war over in the Disney community. Let's do so figment. No, yeah. <laughs> 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 Let me use great movie ride as my example, right? Let's, let's use that. Let's use that as an example because I look Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. I am not contesting that the ride is just magnificent. I love the technology of it. Uh, it's actually over in Disneyland now, too, that they put that over in Toontown. The ride is just amazing, and it's beautiful. But that used to be MGM. The, the park really doesn't have anything left over of what the, the what the park was originally intended to be. It has just it, – it's kind of – the whole park has just been, like, bulldozed over, and and there's nothing reminiscent of what it was. You have so much property over in that park. We talked about this, what, two weeks ago, a week ago, where we took beyond the Hollywood sign and we talked about underutilized and unutilized space over there. That would have been a perfect and idyllic location to create like a Toontown of their own and have that ride be where you have the Star Wars launch bay. There is a lot of merit, and I'm just going to say this again. There's a lot of merit to people who say, why do you need to throw away the nostalgia to innovate? Don't do the innovation. It's not that those people are against innovation because they're not. They're just saying, why do you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and get rid of these beloved classics when you have territory, you have underutilized space? You and I have gotten into the philosophical discussion about how well Disneyland utilizes and leverages the limited space that they have Disney world seemingly has endless resources and endless land that they can develop and they don't. So why does that have to happen? That's my argument. I'm not saying don't innovate. And it's a great, absolute great argument. I think great movie ride is a perfect example. Great movie ride would have had to come down and you would have had to update it because it again was stuck in a certain decade. You could have though. You could have. You absolutely could have. But what is the cost for putting up something new in an IP that Disney's trying to put out compared to going back in time to a park that does not exist anymore? But, okay, so by that logic, let's – and let me counter you with this. Spaceship Earth. Spaceship Earth has been earmarked. It might be on hold even indefinitely that they are going to overhaul, update, spruce up Spaceship Earth. New scenes, new narrative, new lights, new overlay. Will people not clamor to want to see the new version of that for at least several years? That everyone's going to want to be able to say, I, I, they did the new version of it? Absolutely, man. You can get legs out of a classic by just sprucing it up. Snow White's, mm-hmm. Snow White's Adventures over in Disneyland just saw that. They updated a lot of the animatronics, a lot of the... The effects of it, it gave the, the ride, this classic dark ride, it gave it new life. And people So here's a question for you. And I'm 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 gonna switch sides here go and ahead. now go back to your side of things. Um 
if when Great Movie Ride went down and Mickey's and Minnie's, Mickey and Minnie's was on the table. Do you think if Disney owned all these IPs that they own now and having Disney Plus with how amazing that streaming service has taken off for them, could you think one thousand percent? Or do you think it's another one of those during that nope. time frame? Disney did not have all this Bro. and didn't know what people thought. But I love what you're see what you're thinking is exactly why I am falling on that side with those people that say, listen, don't tear down the old thing. Just breathe new life into it. They just have this streaming service now. That Did you need to have the great movie ride be the same films? No. Did it have to have Alien? No. I mean, I, I would have cried internally if The Wizard of Oz was removed. But there were a lot of other scenes and sequences that, yeah, maybe kids don't associate with anymore. But they could have updated those, those scenes. They could have changed out the animatronics. Right. And so to take the other side again, Mark, (laughs) this is what we do here in this conversation. Your ideas are are perfect right on. And I'm just kind of going against you just so we can have this debate. (laughs) But we don't know if people were truly still interested in that ride. We don't know how many people (laughs) it was was soaking up. I was. Yes. Right. And there's your Disney adult coming out of you. That's why we're having this conversation. I'm triggered. We don't know if people were truly riding it. Like I've been at the park where I've been on what, let's just take people mover and nobody else is on there. Like, is that something Disney should keep around because it has a great high capacity, but it is only really used on days when the parks is, is full. The rest of the time people are like, yeah, that's boring. I don't want to go on it. Is that the same feeling people were having about something like the great movie ride? I love Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. I think that taking the hat out and turning that into the Chinese Groman theater, which is what it should have been and adding in a ride like that was perfect. Okay. So here's, here's the other side of that though. When you do those things, I mean, and you understand this because you have traditions with your family every Sunday, you guys cosmically rewind, but there are other families out there that for decades have visited Disney parks to do X. Let's just say ride X. Agreed. Now Disney removes that ride. So let me use as an example, because I think that this one is kind of on the chopping block. I think it honestly has been for a while, but Disney's probably just trying to figure out exactly what they want to do. But let's take something like Tomorrowland Speedway. It's smelly. It's kind of caustic, but (laughs) there is something that needs to be said about the tradition of moms and dads driving in a car with their littles and just the pure joy of that. It's yeah. And I get it. Like everyone talks about the iconic rides on Dumbo, but man, I can tell you from my childhood, I don't remember the Dumbo rides with my family. I do remember the Tomorrowland Speedway rides with my dad. And it was the first time that I got to drive like, and I treated that like I'm driving and you can see that, like, I see that in my daughter. The first time that she got to drive, she loved it. Does Disney need more IP? Does Disney need to take stuff like that away? Do we inherently lose something, again, 
when Disney removes something like that, and maybe it's not the Speedway, but maybe it is a Splash Mountain. Maybe it let's, is a great movie Let's ride. talk uh, the big, the number one in the room, really. If you are a Walt Disney World fan, let's talk Figment. Let's talk how when they took out the original Journey to Imagination and they turned it into Journey Imagination with Figment, uh, Imagination Pavilion, they changed that whole thing around. It still remained Figment. It was a ride update. It was a ride update that, most people view as a trash update. And I'm just going to be honest there. It Most people is. hate it. It kind of is. And, but you have people nowadays who are attached to that ride, and that's their, uh, that's, that's their attachment to Figment. That's the one ride they get to see Figment on. So they love the ride. Yeah. What do you do now with that? Do you, do you honor what the past really was? Do you honor what the past is now? Or do you go, this whole thing needs to turn into something else, and we have this building, and let's just overhaul the whole thing? Well, I mean, Epcot is kind of a... It, that's that's kind of where this uh, <laughs> this discussion happened. So Epcot is a funny park because it was <laughs> it was a time capsule, right? I mean, and we we saw this in in the aughts and in the last ten years. You kind of walked around the old pavilions and you felt like you were stuck in the eighties. There was nothing that felt futuristic about it, and so Walt Disney decided to purposefully update the different pavilions and inject you know, new life into the park. They bombed out the hub. We don't even know what the new hub looks like at this point. Cause we're still staring at walls for the last four years, but Disney has kind of made this very conscious decision to do that to Epcot. Everyone that loved the old Epcot, I will tell you is kind of sitting like with, they're sitting there and they're, they are holding their breath wondering is no, is no thing sacred is no thing safe. And, you know, you've got the Grand Fiesta Tour. People are, like, biting off and chewing their, their thumbnails off. Is, is that going to survive? Uh, is Figment going to make it? You know, how many more of the, the World Showcase pavilions are going to have IP injected into them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Mary Poppins was put on hold indefinitely. So Great Britain uh, staved off some intellectual property being injected there. But Ratatouille is now in France. Um, Frozen has taken over Maelstrom to much people's chagrin. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about Coco coming to Mexico and maybe taking over that boat ride. There's never been anything confirmed, but people are clamoring for that. Um, so I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. A funny observation I'm, I have right now about all this in our discussion is it's a and I go back to what I said originally. Uh, it's a new day and age. Kids don't want some of this. That's not what they're in tune with. We sound like a bunch of boomers out there bemoaning <laughs> our childhood. Okay, boomer Mark. And it was always better back when we were younger. Whereas in, I don't know, I think Disney's coming out with new technology and new advancements all the time. And okay. I like rolling with it. I love new and I love to, I want to make these, I want kids to gravitate to want to be part yes. of the history of Disney in a new way. And I'm not a boomer, by the way. And I, and I, you're just boomered. Uh, listen, I'm borderline, man. I'm a Xennial, okay? I am not quite an Xer because I, I would be a really young Xer, but I'm not firmly a millennial. So I'm like one of those weird in-betweeners. But I, I, listen, I, I get it. I get it. You know, the kids would go and be like, this is weird. And it would be like, well, that's too damn bad, Grandpa. <laughs> like, 
Look, Grandpa, gonna, why are they getting rid of Splash Mountain? You're going to ride well, it. Yeah, well, you're going to ride uh, this because my parents made me ride it and their parents made them ride it. And this is you're going to hurt your back on Splash Mountain. I mean, on Space Mountain, just like the rest of us. And this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, look, if there are no traditions left, I do think it's it's sad. If Disney went and there was no carousel for the daughter, like that's sad. There has yeah, but that's taken. Okay, so that's taken the nth degree. But they will never get rid of a carousel. At I, I know, like, but my, there is things yes. that will never be touched. Okay, so fair fair point. Is everything is everything fair game at Disney? This leads us. We're we're moving down the outline now. Is everything fair game? Are there rides that can't be touched? And if so, which ones are there that can't be touched? So. Uh, I, Touched and updated are two different things. Can you leave a ride in it's always that same vintage classic uh, way? No, you have to upgrade stuff. Can the Carousel of Progress become WandaVision? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Can it become Decades of WandaVision? No, because that's the the original 1964 World's Fair. You can't touch that. Well, that's... I, I ask you, but again, that should point. go into, uh, and you're going to bring this up in a minute about a fifth park, but it's one of those, like, there are certain IPs that truly are Disney. Okay. The 64 world's fair it, that it brings up evokes so much memories and look, I wasn't alive for that, but I know the history of it. I uh, would, I want to ride that. Yeah. But again, in 10, 15 years, our kids going to look at it and go, yeah, my dad used to take me on it. We used to take a nap. Like, come on. No. Did you get anything out of it? Are you learning? Yes, it could. Absolutely. But I think there needs to be a way of salvaging things like this and keep them. So in the past. here's here's my question. What what is that determination, though? So what do you think drives that decision? Like realistically for you, but also for wow, Disney. that's a great, great question, man. Like that's one of the better questions we've had and better discussions is what is sacred? I think anything that Disney personally had his hands on is sacred, whether Disneyland or Disney World. Even if no one rides it? Even if if it plays Right, then it's wasted space. That's such a great question. I'm literally stuck on this one because the the Disney fan and the the past in me goes, I want to see that around forever. But I can also go, man, that's a lot of wasted space if nobody's going on there. You could do something and update it. Is anything sacred? Yeah, there are things that are sacred that I agree. are Disney. Yep. There, the carousel is sacred. Dumbo is sacred. Uh, Peter Pan, I don't find it sacred because <gasps> I think there it's too. It has too low of a ride capacity with how things are advancing, and the more people come down here, I think it. it you have to think of that type of situation where you have to eat up crowds, and more people have to be able to go onto it. So, uh, not including the Indian depiction on there which is a totally different discussion but um yeah wow what is sacred Uh, oh okay so okay so let's go let's i just real quick is space mountain sacred to walt disney world magic kingdom it is yeah right but we all agree that the track needs to be refurbished and redone yeah but that's that's not a that's not problematic for the ride you can just refurbish the track and go over to Disneyland where they they have updated the track of that ride and they have a double capacity on it. 
So the cars run differently than they do here at Walt Disney World. It is right. Is it not smooth? Is it not amazing? Is, aren't the graphics not incredible on you're it? You're not. You're not pulling me into this Disney. No, I, I'm not. No, this is. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know, you're right. You're absolutely one. Look, look at Pirates. They did update Pirates. It had a lot more people were going on Pirates. Pirates is now a must do for everybody who goes to Disney. Go to Disneyland, and it's so much smoother, and the animatronics look way better. Okay, could ready? they do that here? Yes, they need to do All that right. here. We, do you want to go over to Big Thunder Mountain, Mark? Mark, where else are we going to go that you're going to trash? Well, no, my no, world? no, no, no. I'm not going to do. Listen, this is not about me litigating that Disneyland is better than Disney World, which I can offer tangible and, and empirical evidence to support that. That's not what this episode's about. What this episode is about is the idea of change. So you, we don't have this planned. I don't even have this outlined. I'm going to do like simple yes or no. Uh, if, if, a, if something would be fair game in your mind, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Would it be fair game? Do you think that it should go or should just be completely overhauled? Number one, hall of presidents. Should it go or should it stay? No, it should absolutely stay. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, l- well, yeah, Tom Sawyer Island go. <laughs> that has to go. So bad. Uh, Carousel of progress. Hmm. Uh, 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 overhaul tiki room stay country beer jamboree overhaul oh, wow you you did touch the third right <laughs> there There's, all comments can be directed okay, to ready? this life mark well this one this one's going to be really polarizing it's a small world overhaul oh my god you just killed me inside i <laughs> just i just died a little bit how do you overhaul? That's a world show. Listen. Look, okay, okay. So on a serious point, that's a world's fair ride. When that's a you fair add ride. on things to it, you're overhauling it, correct? So they just added uh, an animatronic that is in a wheelchair, which shows more accessibility and shows Disney- in Disneyland. They did or yeah, in World, yeah, uh, Disneyland. I believe they yeah. did, but those type of things need you need to overhaul and and but do it's better mary blair dude I, you can uh, but i'm not okay. talking i wouldn't I overhaul the whole ride i'm talking well, little bits and pieces. listen you have people that are like hey you got tangled right there make that a tangled boat ride make no tangled straight no, up no no there are people no, that are no, there no. cut that that are that cutthroat with that ride I, like, yeah, well. they seriously are like yo get rid of I, it mushrooms mark straight mushrooms. up get rid of it well, I I know that you would never, ever, ever, ever touch the Tomorrowland Speedway. <laughs> overhaul. I, I would overhaul that one, too. Yeah, I would. It so has to I stay would, the Speedway. It has I, to I, stay Just as you cars. put it, man. Again, like I've used this, uh, this before, Space Mountain has to be most, and I would probably say 75% of children's first roller coaster they've ever ridden. Just like you just said, uh, when Bella, you remember it, how many times that's the first car you've ever driven and you're driving that car. Yeah. You are in control. You don't realize there's a track. I turned right. I went right. Electric cars and sugar rush racers. That's, yep. that's what I want to see happen to it. All right, man. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit because I feel like we did exhaust the classic rides and we probably could have just kept talking about that for, for That's hours a whole episode for and hours on end, but let's shift gears and, and kind of th- it, it plays along with what we just said, but does Disney need a fifth gate? Because we have all these new ideas and for people who want to save and preserve the traditional, they say, Hey, just give us another gate. Disney has four gates. You have animal kingdom, you have Epcot, you have Hollywood studios. And then you of course have the magic kingdom. 
Greg, does Disney need a fifth gate? Should we get a fifth gate for all of this innovation and these new ideas instead of just uh, bulldozing or retreading stuff that's just beloved and already great? No. So you don't want a fifth gate? <laughs> no, I'm serious. You don't want a fifth gate? No, I don't. I think you have, I think you expressed it earlier, there's a lot of space inside of most of these parks that you can fill in and make them tighter feeling. Really I fair. don't mean bipedal, but look at, again, uh, your beloved Disneyland, how wonderful it is to just go from section to section to section, ride to ride to ride. Every ounce of space is utilized in a perfect and proper context. Whereas in, in Walt Disney World, there is rides that don't work. There Stitch's Great Escape no longer exists. That whole building since empty. There's Beyond uh, Splash Mountain. Uh, yeah, Beyond Splash Mountain. Is the Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Uh, there's so much you can do inside these parks. In Epcot, you could add more World Showcase. You could add more rides to the front. There is land around it to use. Hollywood Studios, we, there's a whole lot of other things. No, I think a fifth gate is a wasted space opportunity for now. Um, I think you can, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is adding more hotels and resorts and luxury and things for people to do outside the parks. But as for parks, I find no reason for a fifth park anywhere in Walt Disney World Resort. You and I are going to agree on this. And for the, wow. same, for the same reasons, I now while I do think that Disney could always continue to expand a fifth gate and Disney's going to eventually, let's face it, they're going to need to announce something big to keep up with the Joneses. The arms race that they're currently in with Universal, Universal is in massive expansion. They're building Epic Universe. Disney is going to need to do something like that, I think, eventually just to keep up with the Joneses and make it look like they are continuing to innovate and to grow. But before they do that, I agree with you 1,000%. They need to address the areas of the park that are fallen into disrepair or are just underdeveloped or undeveloped before they even do that. Epcot specifically. And I know Epcot just got the overhaul and you know, it's, it's the new Epcot one. It's not even close to being done in my opinion. And two, if all you're going to add is guardians of the galaxy and Moana, I still think it needs work. And unfortunately I don't think it's going to get that work. Like, what happened to the play pavilion? Yeah, could we address the imagination pavilion in some form or fashion? Yeah, you have a lot of space around the world showcase that has not been touched for decades. There's a lot of areas in Epcot that need to be developed before you're even talking about a fifth gate. We've already talked about beyond Big Thunder Mountain. Tom Sawyer Island is kind of sitting there and it's relatively underutilized or unutilized. You have the area that used to be Stitch's Great Escape. You have the Speedway, which is decades old and really nothing has been done there. Yeah, you've got Tron that's around, but there's a lot of areas of the Magic Kingdom that can be updated. You and I talked about how woefully underutilized the area is beyond the Hollywood Studios sign and where the Voyage of the Little Mermaid is shuttered. There's a dance party that caters to kids. Launch Bay is kind of irrelevant and disconnected from anything Star Wars related. There's nothing going on in that area of the park. And then like, do we even touch Dinoland USA in this episode? Like Animal no. Kingdom, Animal Kingdom. So here's, here's this. This brings us to a little question, and I'm going to uh, pose this to you. Sure. Most people who want a fifth park uh, tend to be bored of what is already down. They've done everything. I understand they, they, they that. Power through it. Are you bored 
Or do you think people are just bored of the parks? They go too no, often no. and they become bored of it. Why, yeah. why the need for a fifth park? Well, I don't need a fifth gate. To be honest, I don't need a fifth gate. Right. And I, I've said this to you before. The problem with me going out to Disneyland last May was that I kind of went through in my, in my mind. I went through the looking glass and saw how efficient a space could be run when Disney does not have the benefit of unlimited resources and unlimited land. Like Disneyland squeezes out the, like every inch of that park is utilized and leveraged. And I mean, I, I could not get over how efficient that park was run compared to what, what Florida goes through. Now that's not to say that I don't love Florida and I don't get bored in Florida, but there is just a way that Disneyland runs that they have been forced to do it in, in a, in, in a manner that they, they cannot afford to have space that's not utilized there. I mean, you have uh, annual pass holders that go there in droves. They constantly new, need new things. Disney is constantly injecting new things for those pass holders, whether it's new characters, new food items. Disney World is a global destination, and they stick with the traditional classics. They don't change things a lot for us, but, but they could add new things for us to kind of say, Ooh, you know, this is, this is neat or just fix a space that I mean, has been shuttered for like a decade and a half to kind of keep us wanting to come back. So I don't know how I feel about that because am I bored? No. Do I also <laughs> want to see Disney be a little bit more officious with their use of Disney world? Absolutely, mm -hmm. man. Does that mean I need to have a fifth gate? No. Give us okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna switch up a little bit. Sure. I'm gonna ask you this. Uh, we're gonna go back to the first topic. Okay. What can Disney do then with the, all the extra space they have at Walt Disney World Resort property? If you're not adding a fifth gate, what are you doing with resorts and okay. uh, adding capacity? Well, they're and they're doing this, and we're and we were talking about this too because this is this is a hot button issue. So Disney is constantly adding more rooms. They just built the Riviera. Uh, they did put a hold. They were going to have another uh, another resort completely be uh, put up in the uh, the Magic Kingdom area, and that has been put on hold, obviously because of the pandemic. But they are adding a new tower, and that is causing quite a stir over at the Polynesian. Um, they, but they're adding more rooms. They're increasing capacity at the parks. The Polynesian is getting a tower. The Grand Floridian is getting new property. And some people feel that there are too many Disney hotels with only four gates and a lot of unused space that you're just adding capacity to the parks. Is there too much capacity, Greg, with the, with the current model? And we're adding more rooms. Don't you think that the parks are already packed? Like you, you Do I think the parks are packed? Yeah, I think the parks are packed, but uh, I think the reservation system is keeping people in check so you're not sitting there like you were pre uh, pre pandemic times where you were wall to wall many days of the week. Uh, I think what Disney really needs to do is just make the resorts more uh, a destination. Yeah, but people aren't going to do that. People are not going to sit in the in the resorts. They want to go to the parks. They want to park up. See my, here's my issue with what's going on at resorts right now. I don't know what the tower is going to, well, you sort of do, you have the mock-up, right? Yeah. But until you see it in the skyline of, uh, like Lake Buena Vista, you don't know, right? You don't know 
what it's going to look like compared to the rest of the Polynesian. I I hope it does not look like an eyesore. I hope it does not ruin the charm of the Polynesian. And I understand like they need to increase DVC, you know, stock and they need to make sure that DVC owners have enough rooms that they can leverage and they can continue to sell Disney vacation club properties. But I don't want that development to be at the detriment of park capacity and too many people being there and of sight lines and of the place just looking sterile. Um, and traffic. And traffic. I don't want any more traffic, man. Do you, and <laughs> living and, down here, I get too much traffic. Go home. No, I'm just well, kidding. No, no, no. And to connect right. this to the last thing that we talked about, yeah. if they're going to build all these new resort uh, buildings, if they're going to continue to increase capacity, do we need a fifth park? Then my answer becomes yes. Then right. you need more turnstiles to chew up people because I don't want to go to Disney in February and have it feel like Christmas or Easter week. Disney wants that. You. I think what's happening though, is I think we may be hitting that price break. We may be hitting that point where people have to decide whether to come down here or not. So price alone is going to keep a lot of people away. So you're not going to have it as full as you normally would anymore. Uh, and I think Disney's very smart on their planning of it. If they think that they could get a few more rooms for DVC, so they'll make money off that instead of building just a regular hotel, then that's what's going to sustain them through this. Yeah. So you're not adding in the average guest. You're adding in a specialty guest uh, that's DVC member. Okay, so here's here's my last piece of this. And here's where I do change. Um, we just talked about in our, our first takes today. Uh, you have a dining experience over at Fort Wilderness. You have trails and closes. No one wants to go to it. Okay. There's been a lot of dining locations that had low attendance. People didn't want to go there. And then Disney does a complete overhaul. Example, storybook dining over at the Wilderness Lodge. People weren't booking unless they were there. People weren't really booking the experience that was at Artist Point prior then they make that character dining, add Snow White, Grumpy, Dopey, the Evil Queen. And now it's storybook dining at Artist Point, and people clamor to get over there. It's become a really hot commodity. People want to go over to Wilderness Lodge. They're then look checking out the resort. Change when it comes to dining overhauls. Should Disney consider in earnest for a place like Wilder, you know, the Fort Wilderness and Trails End. Do you consider making that like Chippendale's Rodeo Barbecue and you make it a character dining experience? You make it a character hoedown. Maybe it's not Hoop Did You Musical Review, but maybe you have really rare characters that go over there and then you incentivize people to go to that location. Do we are is and that's an area where I might be like, well, you know what? Maybe change is good, at least for dollars and cents for Disney, because if you have a restaurant that no one's eating at and there's no incentive to go there, do you add characters, albeit rare ones, and incentivize people to take that ferry ride, take that boat, you know, go over there? Because there's a lot of dining locations that don't perform well. Does Disney just wave a magic wand and say add character dining to it? Uh, two things 
I think you're on on a great path there. I think more character dining obviously elevates whatever restaurant that is to be a go-to restaurant. That's just a simple way of Disney. More characters equal better dining experience. Doesn't matter what the food is. Nobody cares at that point. If I'm eating with Mickey Mouse, I could correct. care less <laughs> that what I'm eating. Dude, correct. <laughs> hey, you just had uh, Topolino's recently. There's a sausage in my room. boot. Uh, speaking of there's a sausage in my boot, which moving on, um, if not characters theming, just look at Woody's roundup rodeo or toy story roundup rodeo that is going to be themed Correct. family style. And it's going to feel like you are still in toy story land. And the theming is amazing. Even if there is a sausage in my boot is on the menu. Um, theming will get people there. Character will get people there. But then, Mark, here we go back to the pricing point. Are we pricing people out of these experiences by having the type of uh, restaurants and stuff? And the way Disney seems to be going is this will be the way. I think you're right. I think if a place like Trails End is going to be shut down, look, it's right next to Hoopty Doo. So maybe that's a bad example. But look if they would take out something okay. at the Here's, boardwalk. No, you want a good example? I, I'm going to use yeah. a perfect example. Columbia Harbor House. And look, I'm not saying they don't have great food. Columbia Harbor House is a gem. It has one of the best food. But unless the park is busy and where people cannot get into other places – it kind of is a last ditch option for a lot of people. And you can usually find seating upstairs in Columbia Harbor house. That's a little secret. Don't tell anybody, but here's perfect for telling people. No, but here's a perfect example. Columbia Harbor house becomes the snuggly duckling. You theme it after tangled. It's right there by uh, Rapunzel's tower. And that little area with the lanterns and the the tangled bathrooms, you make that the snuggly duckling tavern. You actually have beer on tap, but you make that a quick service dining location Maybe you have an animatronic of the mime playing the piano or, you know what I mean? You have one or two little things that make that Rapunzel themed. And then people that becomes a destination instead of being a last ditch effort, you make that a really big option. Same thing with like, uh, what is it? uh, Tortuga across from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a last ditch option. People don't generally eat there, but if you really lean into the Pirates of the Caribbean theme, Maybe you make that like a low key way of, Hey, if you get your meal here and you have to order, but then sit down, it may becomes like a hybrid of a quick service slash table service. Yeah. You can't sit there unless you order, but then you have like one or two pirates, maybe red meets and greets there and Jack Sparrow meets and greets there. Oh, are we bringing the pirates back Mark? No, But like, maybe you do that in order to get more people to eat at locations that are generally not, you know, they're not there. Um, hey, well, look at look at what Tokyo just did. They oh. opened up Donald's uh, restaurant or a quick service place. Like they're doing that across the 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 uh, whole Disney parks. Dude, okay. So, so here's I think another you're idea. Right on. Okay, so here's another idea. Here's the third rail. I'm going to touch the third rail. Hopefully, I've avoided doing this. Tom Sawyer Island. It sucks. It really sucks. And there's a restaurant out on Tom Sawyer's Island. You ready? You have Tiana's Bio Adventure coming in. And some people are like, how do you fit that in? Well, here's what you do. Instead of making it riverboats over to Tom Sawyer's Island, you make that like the riverboat experience that you have in the the Princess and the Frog. You have like the floats. You take them over and it's like maybe it's Mama Odie's 
and you have, or, or you can have Tiana's place over on that Island and you can build it up a little bit and you can make a, like a new Orleans vibe or a Bayou vibe in the middle of that area and connect Tiana's Bayou adventure to the rest of the land. And you have the layout already with uh, the French market and uh, what is it? Yeah. The French marketplace out in Disneyland, you have that whole area built around pirates. And I'm talking about Disney world, dude. Like, no, no, no. I'm saying use that as a, as a, uh, a blueprint for that because Tom Sawyer Island is such wasted space. You could put on massive, um, you could put a massive restaurant in there or uh, people want so much people want. And like, you look at a place that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to offend some people, uh, (laughs) be our guest is lackluster food ish, but people love to go there because they love to eat in bell or in beast's castle. They love it. People are willing to do those kind of dining experiences. If there is theme. So if Disney wanted right, to right, right. do, but do people love it because of the theming I or do. do people love it because they have to love it for paying $65? Oh person? no, no, no. I love it because of the theme. I will pay that money. To I believe sit, you to 100%. sit in the West wing. Um, the filet mignon is good. Is it worth that much money given with the experience? Eh, maybe it might do be. You know where the, you know where the money's at in that? The lamb shank. It is. It it's is. secret menu. You have to ask about it, but it is there. No. And the West wing, look, the you West like wing. To get, is so great. you like to get shanked in the, in the beast castle. You like, yeah. It's usually a prison kind of experience. Is that well, like so is a sausage in my boot? Do you like, <laughs> do you like, do you like <laughs> to get locked in prison experiences? Yeah. Do you like to get locked in beasts <laughs> prison and get, and get like, shanked? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Listen, yes, man, maybe. we could, I mean, this is, this is actually a really good theological discussion here. Like of change at Disney. <laughs> this got deeper than I thought. I look, I told you, I said, Hey, let's just take this topic and run with it. Just for people at home that want to know, we didn't really overly outline this. This was you and me just really having a free flowing conversation. And I thoroughly enjoyed this moment with you. I did too, my friend. This is us. This is you and I sitting around having a conversation. It this is. is great, man. I love this one. It is, man. So that that was Mark's main attraction. But listen, man, we are going to wrap up the show with another segment called Disney's College of Knowledge, where we challenge the listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. You can message us your answers to this week's trivia question to at Diz Life Podcast. That's how you play. You got to message us at Diz, D-I-S, Life Podcast on Instagram. We will choose a winner from amongst the correct answers. And then we send along a prize package from all of us here at Shipping Company. Our trivia winner for last week was Rachel Radford 89. You can follow her at Rachel Radford 89. Congratulations to Rachel. You won last week's contest. Last week we asked uh, uh, the voice of Br'er Rabbit shared with uh, what 90s character, famous 90s character. So uh, Jess, and I learned learned this, Jess Harnell is a he, uh, voiced... This Warner Brothers cartoon character from the 90s, in addition to Br'er Rabbit from Splash Mountain. And the answer was Wacko Warner from Animaniacs. And that was courtesy of Rachel Radford. Congratulations to Rachel. Greg, hit us up with this week's Disney College of Knowledge trivia question. Mark, in honor of the 95th Academy Award nominations coming out and Disney being up for 22 Oscars this year, 
And also, Disney 100 has started in Disneyland. I thought we would ask a history question about Disney and the Oscars. So, your question is, in 1939, Disney was honored with a special achievement, Oscar, for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which came out in 1937. The statue is famous for having one large Oscar and seven smaller Oscars all on one base. But this was just an honorary award for what Snow White achieved. So this week, Mark, we are asking what was the first Oscar Walt Disney World was nominated for and won? So what was the first Oscar Walt Disney was nominated for and won? I love it. Again, you are going to answer that. Leave us a message at Dislife Podcast only on Instagram. And if you get it correct, we will pull your name from amongst the correct answers and send you a little prize package. I have to say, man, before we sign off for the day, you and I are absolutely loving this segment because not only are people reaching out and they're answering the trivia question and we're getting some interaction with our fans out there and our listeners, but we have just really appreciated and loved uh, the words of encouragement and the love and the affection that you guys have sent. I have been forwarding all of these messages to Greg. The two of I have, have really been, uh, we love it, man. I mean, it just, it fills our cups up and it makes us feel so happy with this to know that there are people that are listening and appreciate what we're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark, Mark keeps me tied up in a dark studio. So this is what keeps me happy. Help. Help. Get, get back in, get back in your closet, help. you. Help me. Help, help me. me. No, we love it, man. That's awesome. So thank you, everybody. I'll, I will say thank you also. There you go, Mark. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, that will do Don't it. Don't beat me. Don't beat me. For I messed another up on episode. that segment. You're going to beat me, aren't you? No. That will do it for another episode of Dizzler Podcast. There is Podcast. sausage in my boot. There is a sausage in your boot. As <laughs> always, we want to thank you for living your best Disney lives with Greg and me every single week. And don't forget to join us this week for more incredible Disney news and content here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And as always, Greg, we hope the rest of this week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. We'll see you real soon. Bye, everybody. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Dislife Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.